Welcome back to The Blindsiders. I'm Ben and I'm joined here by Brian and we are here to break down the finale of Survivor 42, another season in the books. Yes, we did it. Uh, congratulations, Marianne. Uh, we, we felt confident that she would pull it out, but I also picked Zach to be the winner. So, you know, who knows what was going to happen. Um, I'm happy for her. This is a really good season in my book, and I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, we also were pretty confident that Omar was going to win mm-hmm. up until the final six when he was blindsided. Um, and yep. after that, we were all like, oh, obviously at this point it's Marianne. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I would say as far as like uh, finales go, pretty predictable from what we would have expected, I think. Uh, the only thing that was unpredictable for me was the... Uh, challenge outcomes i would say like the, the, the two challenge outcomes and the fire baking challenge outcome were all pretty unpredictable uh, but as far as the boot order and the ultimate uh ultimate uh winner result uh pretty uh, uh lining up with my expectations no same here um yeah, I thought Jonathan would win the fire-making challenge. Uh, he did not. Obviously, this this sim motion, which ironic um, that Marianne says, I've watched every episode of Survivor except the last six episodes of Token Jeans. But she, I mean, this did show up in other seasons, but, like, it's just funny because this is, in my mind, very much associated with Token Jeans because it was the first time it showed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and obviously, like, the, the Steven versus JT uh, showdown in that mm. challenge is uh, super iconic. Uh, yeah. in terms oh, my of, God. Like, yeah. That, like, Jeff asked the contestants, like, who do you think of when you see this challenge? And I, I would have messed that question up because he was looking for, like, um, like who back home the contestants think of. And I, oh. I would have been, like, <laughs> Steven Fishback <laughs> blowing it. <laughs> They'd be like, okay, that's nice, but can you please be a real person for a second? Not a fucking nerd. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess before we get there, though, uh, we have to uh, we have to do a little bit of a uh, little bit of you know uh, examination. The final five does here after getting back to camp after the Omar blindside. Uh, for all of them except for Lindsay are pretty like just like jovial and like mm-hmm. very like pleased with themselves <laughs> that they pulled this off yeah, whereas they, Lindsay is very not yeah i guess as they should be you know they pulled they pulled it um yeah i mean the biggest thing from this was just like so what jonathan was saying is right he was being a dick about it though uh, by being like, you vote for me, you vote for me. Like, he could have easily been like, look, I'm sorry that you were on the wrong side of this, but you were trying to get me off, so I don't feel bad that you're on the wrong side of it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, not a great look for, for really anybody, least of all Jonathan. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that. Yeah. I mean, this is something that happens a lot in Survivor, way more than it should uh, mm-hmm. from, like, a Lindsay perspective here, of a player coming back after being blindsided and directing the anger of the blindside at the person that they were trying to vote out and failed. Yeah. And it's just, it's just not, like, it, it's, it's never, like, like, you can be emotionally correct in terms of, like, 
feeling, you know, hurt and uh, left out of the loop or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you're never going to like get a hundred percent of the uh, of the in the right points no. if you're if the person you're directing your uh, your anger at is the one that you were trying to vote out. Um, so they definitely, you know, uh, I think both were uh, semi in the wrong here in terms of how they were, this was handled. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jonathan couldn't have, he could have not been in the wrong, he just had to be a dick about it. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, no, Lindsay was incorrect, but, uh, like, you know, mostly cordial about him being incorrect and mm. was expressing, like, you know, real frustration in the fact that she's aware that she's probably the next person to go at this point. Mm. Uh and that she like massively screwed up by mm. you know cockily not playing her idol, uh et cetera, et cetera. Uh whereas Jonathan is in the right in terms of what he's saying, but he's uh he's just going about it in the worst way. So Yeah. Oh man. Survivor. Yep. Fun. Um and this leads into uh the you know predicted segment from the preview that mirrors uh the final five from season 41 um, that we saw coming of like oh there's no way they're introducing an idol oh it's definitely the situation they did last season which is it's a challenge advantage for the final five mm-hmm. the same exact puzzle too basically same, same exact one um yeah i texted you last night during it i probably wouldn't have Unless, like Lindsay, where she just had a lot of time to search the whole island, I don't think I would have necessarily perceived that rock formation to be a foot. I don't know about anyone else out there. Yeah, obviously, when they draw a foot around it, it's like, okay, I guess that looks like a foot, but it itself does not, to me, look that much like a foot. Yeah, I was wondering whether Lindsay only got it because the camera kept on panning back and forth through it. Like, huh? This mm-hmm. one? This one? And Lindsay's like, hmm, I don't know. I don't think that's really going to be it. And then the camera was like, hmm? hmm? And then Lindsay's like, hmm, let me go check again. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it was Malcolm talked about that on a podcast that you can kind of play hot and cold with uh, production with uh, finding idols based on how into filming uh, they are mm-hmm. while you're looking. So that that definitely could be the case here as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, and look, let's be, uh, let's be clear. Well, Lindsay was going to find... Like, if anything, the uh, production just kind of did us a favor for speeding mm-hmm. up the segment. Yeah. So she finds an advantage, which well, it was like she has less knots to untie. Honestly, didn't really come that into play. Well, okay. Here's here's the, another thing too: is what are your thoughts on Lindsay having to explicitly call out that she has an advantage and play it, rather than Jeff calling it out himself? Oh, um, I hardly even noticed that. I I think, uh, hmm. I mean, I think it should just be an automatic thing. Yeah. Like, okay, which one of you found the advantage? Yeah. And her being like, I did. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, when it's like a thing that can only be used at a certain time, and it's a thing that all of the players have knowledge of being in existence, right? I don't know why, you know, Lindsay has to be the one to break the flow of the uh, of the challenge uh, explanation. Yeah. It's not like... Uh, it's not like Adam Klein's steal or reward yeah. 
thing where no one knows Ooh. he has it. So exactly, yeah, yeah. unnecessary. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess it like you know, it, if you're like a quiet person who's uh, afraid of like you know putting their <laughs> hand up and saying, "Hey, what, what about my advantage, Jeff? I spent an hour looking in the woods for the sleeping giant that is like a, mm. a rock formation that you can sort of draw foot around." Uh, and it wasn't even on it. It was like around the corner on the ground. Uh, I know. It wasn't even on the like toes. It's yeah. very weird. Um, you know, what about that, Jeff? And, uh, you know, I don't know. I thought it was weird. It kind of like, it, I noticed it. Like it, it was, it was weird enough to me that it stood out at least. Yeah. yeah I feel like I would just come back to camp and be like, I found it because mm-hmm. there's nothing anyone can do about it. So here it is, and then I'd go to the challenge with it in my hands. Mm-hmm. Like, here you go, Jeffrey. Yeah, Mr. Jeff. Mr. Jeff. Yeah. My challenge advantage. Mm-hmm. What I do want to talk about in this challenge, one, love this. Love the big builds. Um, mm-hmm. Wish we saw more of these, but we don't really see those post-merge too much anymore. There were a couple this season, in fairness, but uh, a lot of just standing in one place challenges. Also, um... I think the way that uh, Lindsay and Mike built the puzzles was the least efficient way, right? Mm-hmm. You kind of want to oh, yeah. build it and then finish up here like it's a capstone um, rather than fighting to get your pieces in the middle of the puzzle when it's obviously going to sag in on itself if there's nothing to hold it out. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I can understand the instinct from puzzle building perspective of like oh you want to get the edges first and then the middle but that doesn't really work super duper well on a standing puzzle like this yeah Yeah. that's the difference it's a standing puzzle so it's not like you know normal puzzles it doesn't matter even the fire version of this it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter but this particular thing i'm watching it i'm like well it's obviously he's gonna like contract and then yeah, it did, and then it's going to be hard for them to put it in. I don't know. I guess that's what they want, right? Um, I guess. It was kind of awkward. Like, Mike's puzzle was, like, barely put together when he was. That's the thing, too. Like, it's like, well, good enough. Yeah, who ruled? Like, I guess, like, all the pieces are vaguely in the right spot, and it's standing there and not falling apart mm-hmm. is, like, the is the win condition. Yeah. Because, yeah, you're yeah. right. There were a lot of jagged... Uh, yeah. in and out pieces on that yeah um yeah i don't i guess yeah i yeah i noticed that too i was like why are they building it like this and why is the challenge designed in a way where this is like possible and like right. obviously it was still a fun challenge uh and, and like it was really cool for uh it to come down to it being that neck and neck mm-hmm. uh, it's nice when somebody wins a challenge advantage and it doesn't like automatically win them the challenge right even though Lindsay was obviously very close and obviously like mike after uh, like you know him, him being so visibly happy to you know just be on survivor and winning an indie challenge that late mm-hmm. in the game uh yeah i love that no it was good it was definitely good um yeah and i guess the next segment is uh gaslight gatekeep girl boss which understandable and i would have done the same thing yeah um just playing every possible card right you know as mm-hmm. as it uh, gets brought up later by uh, romeo and the tribal council it's like uh lindsey colon the fighter uh 
square. She's gonna try. Yeah, she's gonna throw uh, everything at the wall to make sure that she you know, isn't losing uh, by not trying. Yeah. I think what's uh, kind of interesting. So a lot of times, and I guess even in this instance, like the the final five or final four is like the the winner has one last dragon to slay. Yep. And in this instance, it was Lindsay, but it almost also was, and Marianne brought this up in her final tribal council, her bigger, like, dragon to slay was her own, like, propensity to self-sabotage by bringing Lindsay with her to the final four when she knew Lindsay had a, the best chance of anyone else to beat her. Um, so I'm proud of her. For as someone who also is a big fan of self sabotage, I'm proud of her for not going into that and and uh, screwing herself over potentially. Yeah, I mean, this is it's actually kind of interesting because I've been very low on Lindsay for mm. most of the season. I've been pretty vocal about uh, about that. Uh, I think that the show did kind of a bad job of painting her as a a like jury threat if, mm. if indeed she is such a jury threat that it's correct to take her out here uh, which it seems like is the case um so i don't know if it's like this is actually Lindsay doing a good job of downplaying her uh her you know scariness to the point where it's actually bleeding through onto the viewers mm. where it's making me feel like she's not that scary to take further um mm. or if it's just that the show has done kind of a uh, not great job of selling that uh, by showing kind of a lot of uh, Lindsay's faults. But... Yeah, I guess um, if she won, we probably would have seen a lot of the faults, right? They would have probably covered yeah. them up a little bit more. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, kudos to Marianne for getting Mike to play his idol on her uh, and not having to even use her idol. That was great. No. And. Uh, yeah, Lindsay. I mean, decent player. Would not be surprised to see her back. Um, we found out today that she, or rather we found out yesterday that she was the one who got cut due to COVID at the last moment for Survivor 41 in order for Tiffany to play. So very nice. Um, I'm, gl- I'm kind of glad. I'm not glad that she got COVID, obviously. Um, but I'm glad that it worked out that way because I really enjoyed Tiffany. On last season, and then, uh, you know, Lindsay was good on this season. So, you know, it all works out. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, that was a really interesting uh, little piece of insight that I, I didn't really expect uh, no. us to get, for sure. And, uh, yeah, I think that the story of Lindsay is going to kind of end up being her getting so tunnel vision on taking out Jonathan uh, when she kind of, well, one, she ultimately goes out in a round where she loses a challenge to Mike and not Jonathan, mm-hmm. uh, where Jonathan was basically out of it uh, because he's not good at puzzles. Um, and two, uh, getting uh, so in her head about getting Jonathan out in a situation where, again, as we've pointed out multiple times, it just didn't really... Like, that was never the make or break uh, for her in the game, was whether or not Jonathan was in it or not. So, um, yeah. yeah. Jonathan was her white whale. 
and uh, or yep. her, or her Joe Anglum, uh, as yep. as to bring it back around to Fishback. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Brian's just like you know, bashing on Fishback 1.0 and 2.0 here, just pointing out all of his flaws. Listen, I view Fishback as a kindred spirit, and I feel I would do very similar things in. Yeah. If I ever played Survivor, so it's not, it's not hate so much as uh, seeing someone uh, who who is similar to me on yeah. on the show. Yeah, no, obviously I'm a uh, also a big uh, anti. Yeah, but if you uh, can't we're anti if... Andrew Savages here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. I think Savage is a really fun uh, character. Uh, I just I meant in terms of how we feel about. Oh, Fishburne. oh, yeah, yeah. I mean. It's... Definitely, I, I love I love Savage as a character. Yeah, sure. Savage 2.0 is definitely uh, you know if anything, Savage 2.0 did what Fishback 2.0 did before he did earlier in the season, <laughs> where he tunneled so hard on Fishback to mm-hmm. the detriment of his social game, uh, and you know ended up needing Fishback as a uh, an ally. They were able to make up. That he got idled out. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, that's uh, Lindsay's story. Uh, she had a lot of positives to her game, uh, but also, uh, in my opinion, one glaring negative hmm. that ended up being, uh, in my opinion, her ultimate undoing. So. Oh, for sure. All right, uh, moving on to our final four, uh, you know, at this point, uh, no more real tribal councils, no more real votes. Uh, so, uh, because the uh, the producers still think it's a good twist, we're still doing the fire making challenge, and so all that matters is who is really good at making fire and who is going to win this final immunity challenge. Yeah, and Jeff was like, "We've been doing this since season thirty-five. I was like, "Don't say that like it's a good thing, Jeff. Mm-hmm. This is like it's been a blight on the show since season thirty-five. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're closing in on ten seasons of uh, doing this dog shit twist. Mm-hmm. Like epic, great. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this I I love this as a final immunity challenge because it it really doesn't favor anybody. Like the only way you could prepare for this is if you built it at home and yep. practiced it. Otherwise, you're just going in blind to it. And I mean, it looks easy. It's clearly not. Ask Mike how easy it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Romeo won. That's surprising. Like you said at the top of the show, I uh, I did not see that coming. Um, I'm I'm happy for him, and I'm happy that he was so proud of himself. Ultimately, as we go on to see, he was a, a complete non-factor in the end game. Um, in terms of you know win equity, but uh, you know it's good that he had this moment. Yeah, 100%. Um, it's also, like, I guess if we are, like, looking and searching for a positive from the fire-making twist, right, It's it semi-punishes you for uh, allowing a goat to get into the endgame. Because mm-hmm. usually, in, like, in the old-school version of how a Final Four would work is... Like, even if you win immunity, like, you have, like, marginally more power, mm-hmm. but uh, in, insofar as, like, you can force a tie if you want to. Um, but 
usually there's still kind of a collective, you know, uh, target of like, mm. oh, of the three people who aren't immune, this is the person who's the biggest Sherry threat, so we should all just vote them out. Mm. <laughs> because that just makes sense for all of us to do. Um, uh, so I guess the, the one positive is it can create a detriment to dragging a goat into the endgame, because if and when that goat wins the final immunity, uh, you're basically like handing them an inordinate, inordinate amount of power mm. uh, to make a decision that uh, you know might end your game if you haven't put the work in socially with them. Mm. Yeah, and uh, you know it, it was kind of funny because it was just like, well, Romeo really has only worked with Marianne, so it's probably going to be these two. Uh, yeah. And Mike was, you know, he tried his best to dissuade Romeo, um, and but it was, it was, in my opinion, never going to work. Um, mm-hmm. I think all the confessionals of Romeo being like, hmm, I wonder what I'm going to do, or, you know, just lip service, you know, being a good, a good player for production. Um, and I think the very, the most interesting part was how they portrayed Jonathan and, uh, as like a fire guru leading up to this whole season, including this part. And like it showed Mike is not able to start a fire at all. And then we get to tribal council and Mike killed it. He really did. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I don't know. What are your thoughts on the fire making challenge is like a challenge. Like how, how guilt testing do you think it is? I think um, here's here's the thing. I think for future players, do not practice in a coconut shell because uh-huh. you don't have one. And what was happening to Jonathan was he was getting the magnesium under the coconut husk, and it was igniting under it and like exploding out. I just yeah. bumped my mic. My apologies, but then not catching it. So you need to like practice on a flat surface like that. Um, that to me is the really only like piece of advice I can give from from seeing it because it looks like Jonathan was practicing in a coconut shell, which was obviously containing everything. Mm-hmm. The magnesium would light; it didn't have like anywhere to go out, so it would just go up and catch mm-hmm. the coconut husk. That's what I think screwed Jonathan over. Um, granted, I guess you you should uh, try to get the magnesium throughout the coconut husk, not have it on the bottom of it. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I I like I am decent at making fire with flint. I don't know how I would do in a pressure situation like that, of course. But uh, yeah, those, those, that's all I can really say for that. Yeah, I think that I think it's you want to try to make the coconut husk into like like a, like a bird kind of a nest. pocket. Yeah. yeah, like a bird nest with like a pocket, and then get the magnesium yeah. lakes into the pocket. And then ignite them, and then they're basically like, there's nowhere for them to go other than to light the coconut husk on fire. Yeah, so. yeah, because this is just going all under it, and like lighting up, like cool, but uh, yeah. I do think that Mike took a very high risk approach to mm-hmm. by uh, like adding all of his kindling and coconut husks like immediately to the point where like if that fire does go out. He's yeah, kind of like SOL, yeah. but it does Agreed. make it. Yeah, it does make it so that like if the fire maintains and you can grow it, it's just gonna go up into an inferno. So, 
Yeah, and I also think like it in my opinion it shouldn't be like you shouldn't be so concerned about getting the fire as fast as possible as much as once you have the fire building it. And obviously Mike took a different approach and it worked. Like you said, mm-hmm. he built it. But I think like there is still like if you're like calm and you just build the fire and then you like build it up and then you like TP it with the sticks, it's mm-hmm. also a decent way to, to do it. Yeah, no, I think the yeah, I think that's the classical way to, to like approach the challenge. And Mike mm-hmm. just took like a very high risk, high reward yeah. uh, way to play it and it paid off. Which maybe is correct against somebody like Jonathan, who you expect to be very um, consistent mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like efficiency. So, yeah, and it looks like he he kind of panicked when it wasn't working at first, yeah, and that threw him real bad. Yeah, um, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's all we have to say. That's like yeah, uh, the 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 strategy is pretty straightforward, honestly. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of like not a lot of very uh, complicated strategy in this episode in particular. No, listen, there's one time this twist was somewhat exciting and it was when Chris Underwood gave up immunity. And unless you're going to do that, I'm not half paying attention to this segment yep. of the finale. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And, you know, with, with Chris Underwood, it's very, very unique circumstance. It's mm-hmm. probably never correct ever again. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It was also interesting when Dom floated the idea of doing it on Ghost Island yeah. and ultimately decided not to. Yeah, well, maybe, I guess you can you know, have an argument of whether it was... I think the, the argument is you're going to win if you knock the other person out. Yeah. And you're not going to win, probably, if he's there or she's there. Well... So, well, no, but I mean, like, if, yeah. if, if it's like 100% you win versus, like, you're only 50% or less sure that you can beat them, then it might be worth doing. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I mean, certainly, if other people can be like, "Well, I feel like I'd be better at swaying the jury," I think it, it's like a, it's a bold move and an interesting one and better for television. Mm-hmm. But Romeo had no chance to win, no matter what. So, him doing it didn't matter. Yeah, uh, I think another one that uh, people might bring up is "Winners at War," where like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's correct for Natalie to face Tony herself rather than putting him against Sarah. Mm. Yeah. And Rob that's said also very that was yeah. like, that was the plan. Everyone out there on edge of extinction said that you had to do that. And then she didn't do that. Um, who knows how much that affected people's, you know, she still got a few votes anyway. So I don't think everyone was a hundred percent bought in on, on the idea, but, uh, yeah, eh. I don't know. It's like, again, like, you're you're basically weighing whether you think you're better at fire making than or like Natalie's weighing whether she thinks she's better at fire making than Sarah, right? Because if yeah. she thinks that Sarah is better than her, then it's not even no, like point. strategically correct to do that. So like yeah. I don't know. And like it's also I don't think Sarah's drawing dead at the final three if she makes it there anyways. No. So like no, no, no. like she's Natalie still may have lost to Sarah. We we don't know, but uh, you know, I I digress. We, it's it's a bad twist. Please stop, please stop doing it, Jeff Probst. Please, uh, I know you won't. Uh, even if you listen to this, you you'll keep doing it because well, you love it. 
What are your thoughts? Do you think that Jonathan being the one to get taken out here will change any of the calculus for the producers? We talked about it being if Marianne. It's like mm. hypothetical. No, I don't think so. I think they like it. I think they, they honestly got, like, they got the result they wanted the first time with it, obviously. And then they got, like, the upper level, like, best potential, like, you know, in terms of entertainment with Chris doing it. Now it's just kind of like there, and I don't see them going away from it. Like the final three. I mean, they've gone away from the final three, what, twice since they implemented it, but, like, those are very different circumstances, which I don't see them doing. Um, I mean, if they didn't make Survivor 41 a back-to-basic season, I doubt they're going to make another back-to-basic season ever again. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I agree. It's probably just, you know, we probably just have to accept that it's here to stay permanently, mm. no matter what outcomes happen. Um, you yeah. know, even though, like, this was kind of a strategically interesting season all the way through, and then the finale was like, it wasn't a bad episode, but it wasn't strategically no. interesting. Right. It was, like, pretty, pretty, uh, boilerplate, so. Yeah, this is all despite token genes and, uh, Kage and being two top tier seasons in my opinion so yeah i don't know i don't know with what they're doing end games. With, yeah exactly yeah so if, if that didn't either of those get them to switch back they're just not going to yep uh all right uh this is it i guess this is our uh, final three yeah so obviously one i get hey as much as i hate the fire making i do enjoy the discussions uh format i do kind of miss the pageantry of people going up and delivering uh, speeches to them, but I do, th- I do think if I was on a jury, I would appreciate an open forum to discuss everything more than more than just me going up there and like giving a spiel of why I think someone should win or ask like a question that only gets like a little bit of you know a little bit of an answer to a to a bigger story of what the the players did you know yeah i i just they previously they did uh or jeff had them do i'll wait i'll play out last right yeah and and that was confusing yeah. i think that was, that was too confusing for people so mm-hmm. it got changed to now it's like physical social and strategic elements of the game uh, which okay i guess i i still don't i don't really love the <laughs> I, I especially hate uh, when I play out last because I think it's just a slogan that doesn't really yeah. get into a survivor. Uh, but like even the social, physical, strategic elements, which is kind of what gets loosely equated to the slogan, mm. uh, like not all of those are important, and also like social and strategic are like super intertwined. Mm-hmm. So like I feel like it's kind of you kind of lose a lot of the nuance, I feel, in the discussion by forcing it to follow this kind of rubric. Like, yeah, the open no, discussion, I, I think, in general is fine, but... Yeah, maybe maybe they could, like, merge the two of, like, each person gets, like, a question that everyone else can then build yeah. off of rather than trying to pigeonhole into these weird things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that, like, for instance, Tori's question kind of set the stage for the Tribal Council and the discussion that came out of that question... Uh, was really good Uh, like kind of it like that was the point to me where i was like okay 
Uh, well, okay, I, I, I was basically 100% uh, sure that Marianne was going to win. Um, it was just like, how close does Mike come in terms of playing in second, basically? <laughs> right, right. But that was the, the point where I was like, oh, maybe this could be a tie where Marianne wins in the tiebreaker with Romeo to, oh, Mike might just not even get a single vote. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely like had convinced myself coming in that Mike was going to do what he did, which yeah. was not own his game. Oh, yeah. So when so when it started to go that way, I was just like, "Yep, of course, of course, yeah. he, he can't do this." Heavily telegraphed. <laughs> yeah, like it was just like it was just so, like of course, like he, he's not the, he's not the type of guy to even like lie, and to his own benefit, he. he he is the type of guy who will, like, probably not even see himself as being a snake. And then even when he felt, like, the tide turning, he didn't, like, lean into that and be like, oh, actually, that was my secret strategy all along. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously, like, sometimes owning things in the end still doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. when you the respect, like, even if you're, you just come out and say, hey, I was a snake. I you mm-hmm. know, lied to everybody. That's you know, a survivor. Get over it, right? Like some oh, people, oh, are still gonna, <laughs> some people still aren't gonna you know necessarily react positively to that. <laughs> but uh, that's still a much better tack to take than like trying to deny. It's it's the uh, it's the coach South Pacific move. Yeah, that's like, like the, the yeah. It's yeah. this was high key coach and Sophie two point high key. Yeah, so uh, not great from Mike. Very good from Marianne. Um, I thought she did pretty much as well as you can do in one of these final tribal councils. Yep. Um, nothing she said like came off, you know, condescending or made her really look bad. She was very honest of her shortcomings and kind of reworked them in ways to make them almost seem like strengths, which I think what you have to do, including what I talked about earlier where she said that her biggest, like, obstacle at the end was her own, like, propensity to self-sabotage, but she managed to not do that, and then she whipped out her hidden immunity item and was like, I didn't even tell any of you about this. I'm the only person who can keep my fucking mouth shut on this goddamn season. So yep. and everyone was like, oh, shit, all right, love it. So she she did great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was obviously, like, the, the moment of the Tribal Council, where, yeah. like, you could definitely see, like, at least one or two jury members, like, be like, oh, I'm locked in now. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, Jonathan voted for my, I think, not surprising, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think we, we would have guessed that that was the person who did it. Um, even though he didn't show the votes right after, it was so fucking annoying. Uh, you got, like, months to edit it, the thing isn't even live, and you don't have that queued up to go. But uh, whatever, fine. I have to look it on Survivor Wiki the next morning. It's whatever. Um, I actually watched the reunion show this time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fine. I still like. You're not gonna get that much out of the final three players like two seconds after the game's over. So it's, it, they could at least take a day or two. I feel to like. I also feel like if I was in the final three, win or lose, my main thought would be like, I need to take a fucking shower. It's been 26 days. I need to not feel gross. So I'd like still be sitting there and be like, okay, can we let, let's wrap this up? Like, yeah, pizza, champagne's great, but Jesus. 
Yeah, I yeah, I don't love it. Um, like, it's uh. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't like it at all, really. Uh, <laughs> like reading the notes there is fine, right? You know, I think that's fine. Uh, well, even you know, Borneo season one, where they did also read the votes uh, live uh, on the island, they still had like a reunion uh, yeah. afterwards, you know. Uh, so I don't know. I I feel like you, you're not really going to get as interesting of a conversation. Um, when people haven't had the opportunity to watch the season back uh, as well. So. I was like, what insight can, can those three give? Like, so what do you think was your thing that really wanted? Like, I don't know. Clearly whatever I did worked though, or didn't work depending mm-hmm. on who you are. And then uh, the other people have to just sit there like, damn, I just lost a million dollars. This is fun. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is great. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess the one positive to it is when Jeff does the, you know, uh, hypotheticals that he likes to do with the reunions, it's probably more accurate than oh, definitely. Uh, from a live reunion <laughs> where it's like months later and they've seen the show and they have like audience opinion biasing mm-hmm. them and stuff like that. They know how yeah. Twitter feels and what the right yeah. answer is. Yeah. Yeah. So that probably makes it sting way worse for Mike where he's like, oh, yeah, there were five people who were willing to vote for you if you had, you know, not shot to bed so hard at your final tribal council. Yeah. No, that's a, I mean, that's a great point. That's tough. Tough mm-hmm. to have that in the moment. Um, also, do they get rid of the pre-jury people or are they just also at Ponderosa? I feel like I feel like I've heard that at least on 41 they were still there. So why not just bring them out also? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's like a... A weird sequestering thing from a COVID perspective or what, mm-hmm. but like you, cause usually there's the on previous seasons before 41, they would send a pre-jury on a trip, but I don't mm-hmm. know if that's the case or if they're just like, you know, on like a, a yacht somewhere <laughs> in the middle of the ocean. Like, you Cochrane know, is there yeah. and yeah. I don't know. It's unclear. I don't know why. I, I assume there has to be a good reason why the free jurors aren't there because I can't imagine it, if it were easy for them to be there, I can't imagine they're just not having them there. I know. So. Yeah, there's definitely a reason I don't understand it, though. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I mean, not really much else to say. Obviously, historic win for Marianne. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to get this right. The fifth African-American winner right uh well uh, she's actually she's canadian so let's just say fifth black winner i think black right? winner yes yeah so fifth um, black winner most recent right? yeah. before that was wendell um only second, second black, black woman. woman and yep. it was 20 years 20 years that's insane yep 2002 um, yeah. Mark Mark season four sepia robinson the towery mm-hmm. and i think it just goes to show like how successful and like important this like move to change how they cast these shows um has gone i mean i like we've we've had what four um poc winners out of like six of these seasons since the move with uh Mm -hmm. with big brother Brother and yeah bb can and bb uh us plus survivor you know I, i think 
I think it's I think it's great. I think it's great for the game. I think it will help the show because it, you know it will attract more people to watch. Um, and I mean, we we've gotten some really great players that we may not have gotten otherwise. So you know, I just yeah. feel like this season was really good. I just feel like very positive about Survivor going forward. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think this season uh, definitely exceeded my expectations coming in. Uh, I, I I was on the lower end from my audience uh, reaction to Forty One. I mm. think that I think other people liked Forty One more than uh, me, and probably you as well, Ryan. I didn't love Forty One. Yeah. Yeah. So I I was pretty happy. I have very little negative to say about the season start to finish. Like mm. obviously, some of the twists still irk me. Yeah. Yeah, but they weren't as bad as they could have been uh, in terms of outcome. Yeah, cast was great, gameplay was great, uh, great winner, a very unique winner in terms of archetype. Uh, usually, uh, like, there's not really a winner that you can compare to Marianne. No, she's one of one for yeah. sure. It's not really a player you can no. compare to Marianne. So yeah, I I did like I. If if you'd asked me after the first episode, she would have been one of the people who was like, okay, well, there's no way Marianne's going to win. Like, mm-hmm. and she impressed the hell out of me, and she really came into her own. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, uh, obviously, if we're looking at stats as well, uh, we have, uh, this is the second season, or technically the third season, but the second season where they were actively casting Canadian players, uh, and the second of two uh, where Canadian wins. Uh, spoiler alert, you know, we can skip forward like uh, 45 seconds if you don't want to hear uh, cast spoilers for 43. But uh, there are no Canadians on the season 43 cast. Uh, really? Possibly oh they're God. like, okay, Canadians Jeff are like, taking over our American yeah. show. This is so, enough. No way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, very interesting, uh, you know, in, in terms of... Um, you know, talking about uh, like people of color winning these shows, I believe this is the first time where we've had two consecutive women of color winning Survivor, uh, which you know, again, unlikely to have been the case if not for uh, casting trying to move towards a more racially diverse cast. So, yeah, this is what like the first time since Kim and. Um... And Denise, yeah. And Denise, that two, two women. Two women. Yeah, we had three in a row. Yeah, three and in then, there, yeah. And then all we got was Sarah and Michelle after that, and then just, like, a bunch of dudes. No, mm-hmm. Natalie, too. Natalie, too. Sorry. Yeah, Natalie as well. How can I fucking forget? One of my favorite players. That was rude. Um, but, yeah, no, it, this is great. I mean, I'm glad that, like, for a long time, Survivor was making a lot of changes that really, really favored men and i'm glad that the game's kind of evened back out toward um i don't know if it necessarily favors women but it doesn't like seem to go too much toward one gender right now yeah for sure if you look at like the this cast like it was pretty even from a gender split most Mm -hmm. of the way through uh obviously at the final four you know it ends up being uh marianne and three uh men but like Mm -hmm. uh for the most part, like the the fake merge, it was six men and six women, mm. uh, and then like much of the way through, it remained somewhat balanced with like men kind of having slightly more uh, 
at some points, but yeah, mm-hmm. um, definitely we're, I, I think we're potentially at a point where we're probably not going to get, uh, what was it? Six male. <laughs> yeah. I, I would doubt that's, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Which is like just statistically super improbable. The point where you kind of have to like introspect a little bit like, mm-hmm. hmm. Maybe the maybe the game is uh, uh, unfairly favoring men at this point a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't have much else to add. The preview for 43 looked good. A little disappointed that it's three tribes again, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I think that at this point with the shortened season, they are locked into a cast of 18. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned this uh, last week where I don't think they want to uh, do two tribes of mine. From a gender balance perspective. Yeah, I guess like I would, ju- I just would very much at least like a swap in forty three. Um, you know, like a, a tribe yeah. being dissolved yeah. and going into two. I think that'd be good. Um, I mean, I think that works out well in the other three tribe seasons they've done, where they did do the swaps. I I can't think of any time it was too bad. And they've they've done it a bunch of different ways. You know. Splitting a tribe 2-2, two, two, splitting a tribe 1-1, one, one, straight up swapping. Like, it, it, there's a lot of interesting things you can do with it. Yeah, I I think from a... If we're merging at 12, or if we're merging at 12, because mm-hmm. we're... Uh, I, I don't know if they'll do the... I, I doubt they'll do the hourglass twist again. Mm-hmm. In 43, they'll probably have some other stupid way to do a fake merge. But yeah. if we're, if we're like at least fake merging at 12... I think for like three uh, rounds in the three tribe format and three rounds in a two tribe format makes sense. Mm. Where they could do like an Exile Island style situation, like a, a Julius Sokolowski, you know, situation uh, where they collapse the two tribes and uh, one person is left out and joins the winning or the losing tribe or whatever. Yep. Yeah, I think that'd be fine. Be, you know. They've done that a bunch of times, like throughout mm-hmm. the history of the show. So, I don't think it'd be too much of a weird thing to have happen here. Yeah, or they could, you know, sixteen-person cast? Question mark. I don't. Back to I don't basic mind season. Let's cast. do it. Yeah. I guess they get worried about medevacs ruining the yeah. cycle, but you know, it is what it yeah. is. I don't know. Like, that's the thing. The, the one eighteen in case someone gets medevaced, and then they can still keep the cycle, and then if no one does, they can double boot at some point. Um, but, I yeah, I would I would love a 16-person season. We'll see. Yeah. If it ever happens. 100%. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think... I think what they want is every episode to have a tribal council... Um, which you obviously can't do in that format if someone gets medevaced, but mm-hmm. I don't think the episodes that end with a medevac as the only elimination are too terrible. I I think there are arguably some top tier episodes of Survivor that end. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, you know, I'm looking at like the Bruce medevac in Panama, which is I would say a top three or four episode of that season. My mm-hmm. even Joe and Token Jeans. That was a, that was like an interesting thing that I think kind of ended up helping his tribe mates get their way into the into the actual alliance, you know? Yeah. Or the following uh, 
season, the Russell Swan medevac episode, mm-hmm. but was uh, you know obviously scary from a health perspective yeah, for him. Scary, but in terms of a, an episode of Survivor, I thought it was still uh, perfectly fine. So mm-hmm. I don't, know. I don't, I, I think they kind of get in their own heads about this stuff a little bit too much from a production yeah. perspective. No, I, in, I the I think the only bad thing that I've seen in formats that I didn't like is having an episode end with no elimination. That's the only yeah. time you can go wrong with Survivor. They, at the very least, learned from last season on that in terms yeah. of the hourglass twist. Like, you know, obviously we memed on the Applebee's being the big change that they made. But the the actual big change they made to improve that twist from a viewer perspective was putting both episodes in one night instead of ending on this weird cliffhanger where everyone knew that Erica smashed the hourglass because it was the only rational thing to do. Yeah. I'll never forget how upset young Brian was during Exile Island when uh, the final four, the first final yep. four episode ended uh, without someone being voted off. Yeah. Just Aris and Suri on a yacht. I was like, what is it? What? Why did I watch this episode? What is the point? But, uh, yeah. I don't want to get too lost in the sauce, as I'm, uh, you know, want to do at times here. Just go on. Uh, no one wants to hear about Brian's childhood of watching Survivor. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of it, right? Pointless to be continued episodes, mm. awful, right? Yeah. Episodes that unfortunately end in the medevac and don't have a tribal council, mm. usually fine. Right. That's Not it. Right, anything else you wanna? Um, no, I guess, you know, uh, we saw the season 43 preview. I don't know if you've looked over the leaked cast at all, uh, but I did. I, it's I, just, it's hard. It's just like, yep, those are people. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> They're definitely people. Um, mm. I don't know. Anything stand out from you, I guess, from the preview? Um, I mean, a few players, like there's a girl with the rainbow hair, you know, that's interesting. There was the... The doctor who looks like he could be like a hillbilly, but then he like you know is talking and he seems like it's just against the stereotype of how he dresses, I guess. Um, yep. And there's a guy who looks like Zach Rance, very excited. Uh, seems to have a similar personality. Ben, you know how much I love Zach on PB16, so I'm very excited for a uh, uh, Survivor version of Zach. Yeah. Um... And I think that based off of the confessional we saw in the preview, he's probably 20 years old. I'd have to double check yeah. that. Because so, he said that he wants to be the youngest Survivor winner. And mm. the youngest Survivor winner currently was 21. So mm. uh, presumably he's younger than that. I didn't I didn't double check on the past leak to see yeah. how, how old exactly he is. But 20 at the oldest, I would assume. Yeah, he's... he's... <laughs> he definitely is going to bring a, a immaturity, it seems, like a bro-ish... Yeah. Uh, which is why they cast him, obviously, and I think it should be fun. So, yep. looking forward to Zach Grant's 2.0. Yeah, we have another therapist who's going to talk about how thera- being a therapist helps you be a manipulator, which mm-hmm. is always great. Yep. Very much the definition of the law of diminishing returns uh, with this. Denise crushed it, perfect score in her season, and then it's never really quite worked that well mm-hmm. since. Yeah. Definitely, uh, you know, uh, Nick Macaroni. Yeah, that was that was real bad. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I liked the uh, I liked the woman with the the, the nose piercing. 
Mm. Uh, like with the second piercing. Mm. Uh, yeah. He, I can't uh, imagine he's... having that on the island. That's going to get gross. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think a lot of... Uh, I, you can say that about probably most body models in terms of... Uh, True. Yeah. Yeah, I like piercings. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, she definitely seemed like either somebody who's going to be completely inconsequential and like crash and burn early and be uh, super forgotten, or somebody who's probably going to be a major player in the season. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm very high right now on Survivor, so um, also looking forward to the Have Not Room coming soon. Mm-hmm. Very soon, right? When's, when's Big Brother start next month around this time? Yeah, probably about a, a month or so from now. We'll be uh, we'll be cracking on uh, me, you, and Chad for the Have Not Room for BB24. Yeah, yeah I, I love the first few weeks of Big Brother. Like, There's nothing better in reality television than the first few weeks of a new Big Brother season. Um, yeah. So. I mean, look, I, I've been, even on this podcast, singing my praises of BB Can 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I stand by it like even with time to breathe, you know, because obviously you're gonna be like, oh, you know, a little bit of it's a the best, yeah. But even with time to breathe, I still I still think it's like top five to ten reality TV seasons of all time, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so obviously, like, I'm not expecting BB24 to <laughs> to live up to that. Right. Um, so uh, I'm just hoping for. A, a good season, uh, you know, like even like a BB Can't Nine uh, level of quality of season, I would be mm. more than uh, happy with. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I I am a little bit worried because uh, apparently they were casting up until like two days ago. Yeah, um, I, I so... did see that. I got an ad on Instagram for it. Yep. And I was like, this is a sign. I'm not going to do it, though. <laughs> no yeah. fucking way. Yeah, no, uh, not this year for me either. Uh, you know, maybe maybe next year. Uh, I'll, I'll try. I'll try again. Um, I. My, my biggest thing right now is I just don't. I don't want to go on and have it be a bad season. Uh, Haunted by B19. Uh, and. You know, someone from that casting call getting on that season mm-hmm. could have been us, Ben, and that would have been bad, real bad. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we talked about that on the podcast mm. before. Uh, me and Brian applied for BB19, and uh, uh, Kevin Schleuber from that uh, season was in our casting pool. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I also then applied for BB21. Uh, and uh, luckily, oh god, that would have been worse. Yeah, luckily it didn't. <laughs> like I. It's, it feels odd for me to have applied for Big Brother twice and have been happy to have not been cast either of those seasons, right? Yeah. Like that. That, that just doesn't horrible. really make me want to apply again. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, as again, the only other one I applied to was OTT and did not get any heat for that. So, and that was an incredible season with its issues, of course. Anyone else who watched that live? Pretty sure it's been erased from the internet now. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Other than that, I'm probably going to, in the off season, check out this season of The Circle. Um, I haven't yeah, I'm so behind had a circle. chance to do that yet. I'm excited for that. I'm going to pray 
that they bring Australian Survivor back to Paramount Plus so I can finish the first season of that at some point and then hopefully they'll bring back or bring BB Can 10 onto that service soon. Uh, I mean, the season's over, so what are you waiting for? Paramount Plus, get it on there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, if you're a Survivor fan who uh, is like morbidly curious about Big Brother uh, and you know you have access to watch BB Can 10 somehow, heavily recommend you do it in this off season. Uh, you know, I would uh, I would definitely wait and see in terms of BB24, but uh, if you are going to watch BB24, uh, Brian and I will be here covering it with uh, with Chad on the yeah. Oh, we good. I haven't talked to Chad, like, well, other than, like, a few messages online, but I haven't, like, talked to him through, like, video chat since uh, the end of last season, Big Brother. Well, yeah, so. uh, since we, uh, we, <laughs> we pushed through... Uh, Celebrity Big Brother uh, season three, mm-hmm. uh, which was horrifically bad, uh, very <laughs> bad. Like it, this spring was like fire for Survivor forty two, fire for BB Can ten, and then you know CBB uh, US three definitely the uh, redhead stepchild of the room in terms of reality TV seasons. So, yeah, I guess someone did a commentary. I, I guess suggested. I, not like a Big Brother creator or anything, but just like a commentary channel is like, this music star ruined his career on Celebrity Big Brother for Todrick, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll watch that, relive it a little bit. Did he though? Like, I don't know. I don't people know. forgot pretty quick and moved on. I, I very much doubt many of the people who aren't super into Big Brother even know that he was on Celebrity Big Brother. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Not, the most I've seen about or referencing him was the new Doctor Who had a scene on a show that he was in uh, doing a lip sync to his song. So, yeah, that there was fun. The song is fun. I won't. I won't lie. It's a very fun go. song. Um, yeah, I don't know anything else you want to mention. It? Anything? No, I, I. I'm. I'm surprised that this was like. I, I guess I'm not surprised because, like, as we mentioned, it was a pretty predictable finale and mm. there wasn't really a lot of strategy to cover uh, you know i'm pretty happy overall uh as happy with like a lot of the emotional content uh that was shown in, in the season i think mm. that's something they should lean into more and i think that's that's probably my favorite thing that they've kind of brought back uh in terms of a uh, focus for 41 and 42 mm. and just like really uh, doubling down on Kind of telling the uh, like emotional like life stories of the mm. players, like having people who are interesting be cast so that they can have interesting stories and it's always you know, good. Yeah, so. I I I did forget, and this is not that consequential, but I liked that they did the um the edited in like the jury kind of giving yep. vague things. Right. I remember they did that. Yeah, they used to do that, right? Mm-hmm. And I definitely remember Survivor Africa. They did it, and also, well, I also just watched Survivor Africa again. But um, that that felt cool and fresh, even though it's old. It's nice that it was brought back. Yeah, I, I saw people saying like, "Oh, they brought that back," you know, in response to the audience not understanding why Xander lost, even though it was kind of beat over their head a million times. And it's like, okay, we have to make sure that the audience understands why Mike lost. 
Mm. And so it was not all of them did, Ben. Uh, I've seen some Twitter and Facebook threads that that uh, there's some really dumb fucking people who watch Survivor. I don't know what else to say. Survivor like does a very good job of handing you on a silver platter what the storyline is, mm-hmm. and there's still some people who just completely miss it. Yeah, I mean, look, as we mentioned, Mike's entire story this the whole season was just like kind of talking out of both sides of his mouth in terms of mm-hmm. being like loyal and uh, having integrity while doing the opposite repeatedly. And the jury, basically, the basically every single member of the jury when speaking about Mike, was like, yeah, I really hope he owns his shit and doesn't try to, like, sidestep and pretend like he was, uh, you know, so honorable and had so much integrity when he, like, backstabbed half of us mm-hmm. very brutally and lied to us. Um, yeah. And uh, and then he does exactly the opposite, and uh, the result is as expected. So I don't really... Like, if you, if you don't understand why Mike lost at this point... Like Mike understands why Mike lost. I'm pretty sure Mike immediately understood why he lost. Mm-hmm. Like 20 seconds after the the votes were read. Yeah, so, Man, it's not good enough for Facebook. So. Like if you yeah if you if you can't follow it like maybe Survivor is 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 too complicated for your brain. I don't know. I don't know what you could watch though if Survivor is too complicated at this point. Um, you have to watch. You have to watch. Uh, what's that other show that kept? Be positive. Now that got canceled. Uh, yeah. uh, what, what's the Beyond the Edge? Is oh, that the yeah. one? That's, that's your speed. I yeah. Um, I watched five minutes of it last week because it was the finale. And it ended up coming down to Colton Underwood, the guy who, um, you know, came out very good, very happy. Also has a restraining order against him from an ex-girlfriend for stalking. Not good. Not ever mentioned, uh, though, with him. And uh, came down to him versus Ray Lewis. And it was like trying to build up like, oh, such an underdog story. This regular person versus Ray Lewis. And Ray Lewis in it is like, yeah, you're like 20 years younger than me, though. And it's a physical competition. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's a good point. So are we spoiling it? Did Colton win? He did. Yeah. yeah. Well, well I mean, I got that spoiled way before the show came out um oh, just okay. through like so i assume it was accurate that he did still win um okay. that show looked terrible uh great location though love palau uh wish yeah. which survivor would go back there but yeah i um i don't know i just don't like the the challenges are the worst part of survivor in my opinion uh, on average so Agreed. I don't know. Agreed. Um, I know there. I know. I know that there are like people on Facebook who like you know the challenges they don't really care about. Uh, yeah. That's why they were upset that Jonathan was eliminated for for losing a challenge. Actually, losing two challenges. Um, yeah, two chances to be a challenge beast. So, you can do it. So yeah, like I don't. I know you sent me the uh, an example of somebody who was upset that that Jonathan lost, mm-hmm. uh, which is. Bizarre to me, because well, despite the fact that you know that person uh, didn't understand that Romeo was gay, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was and, so good, <laughs> and uh, uh, thought that you know Romeo was just you know hooking up with Marianne, which is a, a wild take. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I don't really want to you know, go into any more further detail on, um, 
person like that exists uh, in the world. Um, but the idea that Jonathan, like Jonathan, like is probably the most per- deserving person to have lost this season, right? Like his entire game was being good in challenges, and he had two opportunities to win a challenge to mm-hmm. guarantee himself in the top three, and you know didn't. So what? 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 What's the problem? <laughs> I don't know, Ben. If anything, the last like five, six years have taught me that people just crave having a a daddy to look to, and Jonathan is a daddy. You know, he he is the definition of daddy uh, to some people, and I feel like it's you know whether or not they realize it or not, everyone just needs to have their daddy, and uh, that's all yeah. I can come up with. Yeah, I I think that the the big takeaway here is. If you're angrier at a player losing than the player is in the moment mm-hmm. as they're losing, you, you probably have to reevaluate a few things. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan wasn't mad. He was more just disappointed in himself. Yeah. Like, and understandably so. He probably was like, well, you know, this is made for me to mm-hmm. get to the final three with these two challenges, and he, he lost, so. Yeah, I I was bracing for another Xander situation in terms yeah. of like people not understanding why Jonathan would have definitely lost a jury vote, uh, and we didn't even get that. And people are so... people just like to be upset at the person they uh, jerk off to losing. I guess I don't know. Yeah, you know, what can what can you do? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Whatever, go watch the fucking challenge, guys. He's yeah. going to be on. Apparently, there are two versions of the challenge happening. Um, one on MTV, one on CBS now. That's confusing. Don't know which one Jonathan's going to be on. I think CBS. Yeah, uh, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. But then there are also CBS players who are going to be on the MTV Look, challenge. I don't know. I don't understand. I've, I've tried and failed to get into the challenge multiple times. It's not for well, me. It's the same thing you just said. The worst part of these games yeah. are the challenges, and it's a game entirely based around the challenges. Yep. So, And then the other part of it is just like the kind of worst part of reality TV, which is people getting drunk and yelling at each other. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. It can yeah. be fun if there's like a few moments like that, like BB10. That's fun. But like the drama is coming through like the strategy, whereas a lot of it seems to be very personal. Um, like Fessy got, uh, eliminated last season because he like pushed Josh. Uh, now both of them are on the next season again. I don't know if that's a good call by MTV, but it, it's clear to me what they're going for. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they'll stop until somebody gets their, uh, their clock knocked off and they end up in the hospital. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I, uh, I guess, you know, that's that's pretty much it. We've gone on a million tangents to make sure that we break an hour here mm-hmm. on the podcast. Uh, One day, it's going to be a good thing for advertisers to see that we always go over an hour, so. Sure. Uh, I guess, you know, that's pretty much it. You want to, you know, shout out your social media? Yeah, definitely. So you can follow me on Twitter at the fake BMR, that's B-M-A-R-R. Also, uh, you know, very frequently uploading on our other channel, Wicked Good Sports. 
Um, there's also a website blog, which is wickedgoodeverythingsports.com. Anything else? Yeah, go to Last of the Good Ones. Um, we uploaded a video for the first time in three years on that. Uh, very weird, very weird video. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, if Dylan was here, he would he would be hyping me up. We're pretty much just making it for Dylan at this point. Um, as as we've completely flagrantly ignored that channel other than uploading those types of videos. Um, I don't know. We're going to try, we'll try to work something out uh, for Dylan eating the uh, spicy ghost pepper thing uh, to atone for uh, Rock Shore not winning. Uh, we'll see. I, I told him he does not have to do it. So it's not like he didn't show up to this on purpose. Uh, he just had other obligations, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, uh, and, and keep in mind, he did, his winner pick still went further than both of ours, and he will be picking first in the next season, so... He did win our draft, yes. Yeah, so he... <laughs> I don't I don't know, it's, it, you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ben Sharon, uh, channel on Twitter at WG Everything, and then the main channel on Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, uh, Facebook, and YouTube at Wicked Everything, uh, the podcast channel, Better Radio, and... This is the Blindsiders on all major podcasting platforms. As mentioned before, Brian and I will be back in about a month with our good friend and co-host Chad to cover BB24 on the Half Dot Room. And then me, Brian, and Dylan will be back again in the fall to cover Survivor 43. Until then, have a good one.